Welcome to Legislative Breakdown, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Gary Moncrief, Boise State University political science professor emeritus, uh, emeritus, emeritus who spends all his spare time, or most of his spare time anyway, studying legislatures around the country, including Idaho's. And in this podcast, we break down the Idaho legislature. We find out what's happening. We drill down into the why and the how it affects you. And this week, we are doing two things. We are doing redistricting. And sharks. And sharks have to do with Pi Day. You may, you may remember, Gary, we did Pi Day last year. We talked mainly about uh, Pi Day and how it started in the Idaho legislature. That's where the home educators serve pie to lawmakers and talk about home educating. But uh, this week we will actually talk to one of the educated students who will be talking about sharks. So that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, redistricting, big topic, lot to talk about. Let's start with the history, or at least the recent history, as in last week. House State Affairs Committee, let's set the scene. The redistricting, not a bill, right? It's a resolution. House Joint Resolution, because this would require a constitutional amendment to change the current system, which was passed as a constitutional amendment in the 1990s. All right. And uh, so this uh, came up in the House State Affairs Committee, and Representative John Gannon, a Democrat, said that there was not enough time given for this to come forward before the committee and get response from folks who want to talk about it. Really, people are being denied the right to participate in this process and evaluate this resolution, either because they don't know about it or they have to travel so far. And voting is such an important, important issue that I think people should have the right to come to this committee and give their testimony. Now, I think there were two parts to this. One, Democrats were upset that they didn't think enough time was given for this resolution to come forward to get a chance to hear from people about it. And then there's the other component about is this resolution fair to making a committee that's a fair committee? And we'll get into that part. So let's stick with... Did they follow the law? And Representative Brent Crane responded to John Cannon and said, yes, the Republicans did follow the law when it came to bringing this resolution into committee. There's been a narrative purported here today that that I think needs to be corrected. And the narrative is that this was rushed through. The chairman followed the exact rules of the House, which is a 24-hour notification of this legislation just like any other bill that for the 13 years I've sat on this committee, we have done. And what is required by law, what is required by the rules is a 24-hour notice, and that is exactly what the chairman gave when he gave notice on this this issue. So I just would like the record to reflect that. Now, before we go any further, we should actually say what redistricting is, because we actually haven't, and that will come up in the next uh, little bit here from Stephen Harris. So a quick 30 seconds, what is redistricting? So redistricting is uh, about redrawing the lines, the legislative district lines in this case, every 10 years because of the requirements based on one person, one vote, which essentially states from the U.S. Supreme Court that you have to have roughly the same number of people in every district. Otherwise, 
if you have districts that only have 5,000 people in them and they elect one representative and then you have another district that has 30,000 people and they only have one representative, then obviously the people with 30,000 people in their district are underrepresented according to population standards compared to the first district. Gotcha. And our current commission is made up of three Democrats and three Republicans, or will be when we get to that point. So Stephen Harris came up to talk about the resolution and support it and said that in the past there have been, quote, major problems with the commissions uh, every 10 years and, and what they've tried to do. But there were still major problems in 2002, in 2012. Uh, I'm sure you remember in 2012 how poorly that went. Uh, the first commission deadlocked and then uh, finally uh, disbanded after wasting about $300,000. The uh, second commission passed a plan plan just to be struck down by the Supreme Court. So at this point, there was still concern by the Democrats that there wasn't enough time and another and not enough folks able to come in and provide testimony either before either for or against the resolution. And the Democrats, the three of them, said, "We can't vote on this, and we're going to stand up and leave the committee in protest." We cannot vote at this point. Because we haven't heard from the people of Idaho. We haven't had enough feedback. We haven't had enough public testimony. We haven't had people from around the state. And so as a result, we need to leave because we don't feel that we can cast a vote at this point without having the people of Idaho involved in this process and listened to them and evaluated all different ideas and evaluated um, the idea that's being presented today. So with that, we need to leave prior to the vote. So the three Democrats got up and walked out, and Brent Crane, one of the Republicans, was not happy. It's unfortunate that my Democratic colleagues aren't here today to engage in a full discussion on such an important issue that is a constitutional amendment. Um, I find it unfortunate that they have walked away from the table and are not here to negotiate. Uh, because I think some points were raised today in the hearing, but because my colleagues aren't here and are choosing to play political theater with such an important issue, I don't have the ability to begin to negotiate. And so the only decision I have in front of me today, Mr. Chairman, is to either move the the, uh, decision forward to the full body for hearing uh, or to hold the bill in committee. And at this point, they voted in the committee. They passed that uh, resolution on to the House floor, and the Democrats then made uh, more of a protest. Matt Erpelding got up on the House floor uh, same day, this would be the 8th of February, and asked forgiveness of all his colleagues for what he was about to do. I'm going to ask you for your forgiveness for what I feel that we have to do moving forward. So thank you. So at that point... The Democrats started objecting to the reading uh, or waiving the reading of every bill, which is a lengthy process that slows everything down. And usually lawmakers say, would everybody please not object? And the lawmakers all say, OK. Well, the Democrats stopped saying OK and started saying we object. Here's Matt Erpelding doing that. I object. <laughs> so there he is saying, I object. You heard him in the background. And uh, started slowing down the process, saying that this was uh, their protest over all of this that had happened so far. So then we fast forward to this week where some sort of compromise is reached. 
the Democrats stop uh, slowing things down and the bill is returned to committee. And that's where we stand right now. So it was a heated week, very emotional week. Gary, why is this so emotional for, for lawmakers and other folks? So, Samantha, you played those pieces, and you can see, you can hear the kind of emotion uh, there. And redistricting has a way of just bringing that out in people. We have seen these emotions overflow on, on occasion. In Idaho, in the, I think it was in the early 80s, there was actually a fistfight between two state senators in the stairwell, in the Senate stairwell, uh, because of re- redistricting. There was a, a literal all-out brawl in the Illinois House of Representatives in the 70s. You know, this is the kind of thing that creates a lot of emotion because people see this as having important partisan consequences. So, Samantha, there's, there's so many different threads to pull on this, on, on this piece of cloth. First of all, it's about redistricting. It's also about treating the opposition and, and frankly, treating the general public uh, in a certain way. The leadership in the legislature has made a pretty big deal about civility in the last couple of years and treating people with respect, even if you don't agree with them. And it seems to me that what's happened here with this very quick turnaround on this resolution being introduced and then hearings being held the next day is that that principle of showing respect wasn't being followed. You know, let's remember that the committee hearing is the only place in the legislative process where the general public actually gets some input into the system. And by pushing this up so quickly, a lot of people, I think, felt they weren't going to have that opportunity to, to have that kind of input. So I think that was, frankly, a, a, a tactical error to do that so quickly. And the other component of this is the argument that, well, there's, there's been major problems with this process in the past. We need to fix it. Fixing it is okay if we do it in the right way, if one perceives that there are major problems. Let's remember that redistricting almost always creates some kind of problems. And we certainly had problems before we had an independent redistricting commission. When the legislature did this themselves, there were all kinds of problems. There were lawsuits. The legislature lost at least two lawsuits that I'm aware of over time in terms of their plans, including in the 1980s when, the, when essentially the, the majority party kind of rammed through what they wanted. The Idaho Supreme Court overturned that and adopted a very bizarre thing called floatarial districts in Idaho that some people may recall, which was very complicated. And frankly, that was one of the reasons, at least in my mind, that eventually led the legislature itself to decide in a bipartisan way to create this independent redistricting commission. So why is this coming up now? You mentioned the census, and we've got one coming up. Every 10 years, a new census comes out, and the district lines have to be redrawn in order to put the districts back into essentially population parity. Because what happens is over the course of 10 years, people move around. New people move in, people move away, people move from one place to another. And so what happens in 10 years is that the districts don't have the same number of people anymore in them. And we should point out that Part of this controversy that happened last week was over the change that the Republicans want to make with 
the commission, a.k.a. adding a seventh member to what is a six-member commission, three Dems, three Republicans, and they want to add a seventh member. So why is that a bad thing? It's not necessarily a bad thing. The argument here is that if you have an even number of people and they are the even number is chosen by both parties, then you have a kind of natural tendency toward, toward deadlock here. Well, that was actually done on purpose, is my understanding, of the original Independent Redistricting Commission in Idaho, so that it would force some kind of bipartisanship. You have to have members of both parties because you have to have at least four people to agree to a plan. If you've got three R's and three D's, that means at least one person from one party is voting with the people from the other party. By definition, that's bipartisan. So it was done uh, purposely that way. But in this scenario that the Republicans are pushing forward now would have statewide elected officials choosing the seventh member. Now, to be fair, it doesn't say anywhere in the resolution that that means that person has to be Republican. Correct. That's just those elected officials would choose the seventh person, and right now those elected officials happen to be all Republicans. Correct. That's not just a, oh, it happens to be right now. It happens to be since almost statehood, it seems to be. You know, it's been a long time that the Republican Party has been in control of most of the statewide offices in Idaho. So by saying, oh, let's have X number of statewide officials choose that that tiebreaker person, at least in the in the foreseeable future, that means let's have Republicans choose the tiebreaker. And that, of course, is exactly the argument that's being made by some people within the Republican Party is, hey, we're the majority party. We ought to get to make that choice, right? Now, by far, the overwhelming majority of states that have this system choose, just the commissioners themselves choose the tiebreaker. So lots of information here, lots of emotion here. We don't know what's going to happen next in the Idaho legislature. Will the bill go anywhere in the House State Affairs Committee? We don't know at this point. Yeah, we don't know. There's a lot of rumors swirling around the state house at this point, some of which are they're going to hold full hearings in the House. You know, the HJR will come back with full hearings now. There's rumors that they're just going to put this aside for this year because there's so many other things that are being dealt with. I mean, this is all of a sudden. This is a a very busy legislative session suddenly. There's a lot of other things going on, some of which is very important. And so, you know, that it's possible that this gets backed off until next year. I don't think we've heard the last of it. If they don't deal with it this year, I think we will hear some more about it next year. And and maybe that's actually a better thing is so people can talk about it and reflect on it and understand why this is such an important component. So because there's more to talk about, Gary and I are going to do an extra special bonus podcast just on what we'll call the second half of redistricting. Stay tuned for that on redistricting and just redistricting. It'll be so good. It's almost as good as having pie. A good segue. All right. Let's head into pie and sharks coming up. So last year, during one of our podcasts, we talked to the head of Pi Day at the Idaho Legislature. And Pi Day is the day that the home educators get together, 
cook pies, take them to the legislature and feed them to lawmakers. And then the kids who are educated at home get to put up displays and talk about some of the things that they've done over the past year and learned with their homeschooling. So this year I went down to the Idaho legislature on Pi Day and actually talked to some of the kids and saw some of the great displays that they had down there, including this one about sharks. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your name? My name is Abby Grace Omen. I am doing a presentation on sharks and fish. That is the most awesome thing I've heard all day. So how did you get involved in that? Uh, going to a homeschool co-op, and I learned about uh, f- sharks and fish, and I also learned about other sea creatures along with it. So what have you learned so far? Uh, I've learned... Pretty much everything, almost, about the ocean. Here I talked about relationships between sharks and fish and how, like, they bond to protect each other. And the fish will clean the shark, and the shark protects the fish from other predators. This is awesome. So uh, are you thinking about a future in oceans? Uh, yeah, actually I am. Really? I want to go cage diving like my sister. So what's a, you said a homeschool co-op, is that what you said? Uh, yes, it's where you take different, like, classes in the co-op and they're all homeschooled and I took a Spanish class and a writing class and several other classes and this was one of my classes. Wow, this is awesome. I'm, thank you very much. You're welcome. Extra special thanks to Abby Grace Oman for talking to me about sharks at Pi Day at the Idaho Legislature. And this programming note, Gary and I will be at another round at Payette Brewing Thursday, February 21st to talk about legislative breakdown and how we make the sausage about the legislature. You are invited. Come down and get wonky with us and ask your questions about politics. That's February 21st at 6 p.m. at Payette Brewing in Boise. Legislative Breakdown is a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Boise State political science professor emeritus Gary Moncrief. Our original music comes from local artist and composer Will Hall of the bands Nude Dude and Like the Dog. Word on the street is Will will be playing at Tree Fort this year. We'll tell you more as we get closer to March. And if you like this podcast, tell a friend, spread the word. Remember, it's your legislature. <laughs>